to David and Sean's Excellent Adventures. I'm David Wood. I am an action adventure writer. I write the Damatic Adventures and several other series. And this is my buddy Sean, sometimes co-author. We both live in the American Southwest. I'll let you tell us about you, Sean. I'm Sean Ellis. And uh, as Dave said, uh, we write together sometimes. I also write action adventure novels. And sometimes I write articles for a, a backcountry survival magazine. So uh, I love all things adventure, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Yes, and this show is going to be about adventures of all kinds. This is not going to be a writing-related show. We will sometimes talk about books, and we may even mention our own writing careers, but that's not going to be the focus of this. It's going to be about adventures of all kinds. It might be the books. It might be movies. It might be real-life adventures we take. We're going to talk about travel adventure as well as adventure in fiction and just anything adventurous. So as we proceed through our series and the different topics, if there's ever anything you would like to hear about or if you have comments, just please leave them in the comment section. We would love to talk with you. And we're going to begin each session with adventure news. Sean, how would you like to kick us off? So uh, lots of entertainment adventure news, uh, starting with, of course, Indiana Jones 5. We have a, a firm release date on that now, June 30th, 2023. So we are now counting down. It's less than one year. Uh, we have some casting news from that. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Mads Mikkelsen and Antonio Banderas will be joining the cast. Mm. We don't know much about the plot yet, uh, but the shooting locations, it was shot in England, Scotland, Italy, and Morocco. Uh, there's some reports from the set that maybe there were some Roman soldiers uh, which has people speculating that it might be time travel. I'm hoping not. Uh, so, mm. But I guess we'll just have to see. This promises to be Harrison Ford's last outing. Uh, of course, you never know. In other adventure, yeah, never know. In other adventure movie news, the reportedly they are working on a screenplay for National Treasure 3. And uh, I will really believe it when that. I see it, as I have said before. I'm tired of waiting. Well, the good news about National Treasure is that we're going to definitely get a TV series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's called National Treasure Edge of History. It does not star Nicolas Cage, but Catherine Zeta-Jones will be headlining that. And uh, some of the characters from the original movie uh, series, uh, Justin Bartha and Harvey Keitel, are both going to be making guest appearances. Um, I've seen some of the, the trailers. It looks like it's kind of geared towards a, a younger audience, like maybe the CW audience. Um, we'll see. I'm still, I'm very hopeful. And if it does well, then I think we'll definitely see National Treasure 3. And that's about yeah, all I've I, got for uh, Adventure News. Mm -hmm. I remember that um, when National Treasure, after, I think it was after the second movie, there were some spinoff books, but they were children's books about Ben Gates when he was a kid. And I had some in my classroom when I was teaching. I didn't actually read them, but I always wanted something a little more geared for adults. But, you know, even if this is more teenagers and young adults, it could be a lot of fun. I'm hopeful. Yeah, for sure. So definitely looking forward to. And today we are going to jump into our main theme, which is one of those classic adventure topics, which is Atlantis. Now, looking back, when did you first learn or hear about Atlantis? Do you remember? I'm not sure of the exact uh, sequence of events. It was either the television series in 1977 called The Man from Atlantis. It was a TV movie, and then it became a TV series, and that starred Patrick Duffy, who uh, later went on to great fame as Jr. No, not Jr. He was Bobby Ewing Bobby. in Dallas. And uh, all I really remember about it was that uh, he had amnesia, he had webbed fingers and gills, and so 
I think the spec, I can't even remember really how Atlantis came into it, if they definitively said he's from Atlantis or if it was just a, a thing. But that's kind of one of my first memories of it. And then the other one would be a book that I read in grade school. I thought it was called um, Escape to Atlantis or Escape from Atlantis, but then I, I did some searching and it was actually called Attack from Atlantis. It was written by Lester Del Rey, who uh, not only a very uh, famous science fiction writer from the uh, golden age of sci-fi, but also went on to be a publisher and uh, run the, created the Del Rey imprint for Bantam. Um, I remember very little about that book, except that in it, Atlantis was this submerged city with technology to keep the water back. And uh, that's about all I remember. But, you know, that early influence was mostly sci-fi, not so much the Lost City influence, uh, with right. maybe the exception of in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, where Captain Nemo went through the ruins of Atlantis. So it kind of it crept into my conscious, uh, consciousness through those fictions. How about you? Um, you know, until you mentioned The Man from Atlantis, I had completely forgotten it, but now I have a very strong memory of that. I remember being a little kid. We lived in an apartment complex, and I remember being in the neighborhood pool and one of my friends saying, hey, this is, watch me do The Man from Atlantis swim. And it was just really bizarre looking. It probably wasn't at all the way that The Man from Atlantis swam, but I remember there was a commercial that showed him kind of paddling across the screen, just a little clip, and he did have a really awkward looking swim. And that, that's one of the few memories I have of that show. And then the other would be in the Conan books. The, um, there was an island of Atlantis, but I don't recall if it was exactly, I think it was based on the legend, but they aren't intended to be quite the same. But I, in well, I know Conan, they brought in Atlantis and Lemuria, I think, which are two legendary lost civilizations. Right. In my research for this, uh, I, of course, I'd, I'd seen the movie, and I don't think I've ever read any of the stories, but Cole, uh, Cole the Conqueror, King Cole, was the king of Atlantis in uh, the Robert E. Howard character, also uh, created, uh, in the creator of Conan, also wrote that series. So, yeah, that's Atlantis has been in entertainment a long time. Now, do we need to back up for, I mean, maybe there's somebody who either doesn't know Atlantis or knows the name, but doesn't really know much about it. Do we want to give a little background I on, think we, on the I think legend? we really do, because it's one of those things that's so ubiquitous, and yet the origin of it is really pretty interesting. And if you know the origin, then a lot of the other things that have happened don't really make sense. So um, mm -hmm. I, the, the first instance, the appearance of Atlantis seems to be in the writings of Plato in his uh, uh, dialogues uh, Timaeus and Cretius, and he describes it in detail about this island and where it is, how many miles it is out in the sea, and the, the layout of the city, and the uh, behavior of the, the inhabitants of the city, how they had uh, offended the gods at some point. And uh, he told all this as a, uh, as a story that he heard from his mentor, and so it was passed along second or third hand. And it supposedly had happened thousands of years before his time, but ultimately the gods uh, took offense at uh, the uh, actions of the Atlanteans, and so they they sank the island, and it just it was a continent-sized island, and it disappeared, and was sank beneath the waves, and thus began the legend. Mm -hmm. And since then, people have, you know, most people accept that it is a legend, but it is fun to imagine that it could be real or that it is based on some real things. Um, so yeah, you actually have a lot of people who have searched for it. Unfortunately, um, I would, I think that now that we know what the bottom of the Atlantic looks like with our modern technology, we kind of know there's no sunken continent down there, 
but it's possible that maybe an island in the Mediterranean perhaps might have uh, been the inspiration for this story. The most popular theory about that is that uh, the Atlanteans may have been the, the Minoan civilization, which uh, was dominated the island of Crete uh, and was apparently wiped out by the uh, eruption of the uh, Santorini volcano. And so that is a, a historically documented instance, which quite possibly was the inspiration for, for what Plato wrote about. Um, others have theorized that, well, because it doesn't add up with the, uh, the description of where it was, because Plato clearly said it was way out in the ocean. Um, so others have said that, speculated that it might have been Atla uh, Antarctica, or um, that maybe it was a retelling of the global flood myth, uh, as you know, in Genesis with the flood of Noah. And then, of course, that myth is persistent in all, almost every civilization around the globe. So there maybe was some ancient catastrophe, and it got conflated into this story of an island kingdom. Um, my personal belief is that it's probably a fictional parable uh, about politics and, and human behavior, because that's what Plato was really all about. But it's still a, a fun topic for fiction. Why do you think it has captured the imaginations of so many people? I personally think it's because of all the stories that people have written about it, because, uh, you know, when I first heard about Atlantis, I didn't know anything about Plato, uh, but it just, oh, a sunken city, that's cool. And so the, the more I learned about it, the more I wanted to read more, and and all the different ways that it's been explored in fiction that, uh, like I said, there's there seem to be two versions of Atlantis. There's the sunken ruins, like those behind me, or there's this idea of a city that's still out there and people live in it and either have special technology or they've adapted to be able to live underwater. So sort of like in Aquaman or uh, the Disney movie Atlantis, uh, where you know you have people living in this city still today. And so I think all the different ways in which Atlantis has been interpreted have, have made it of interest to people who love adventure. Yeah, and it's fun just to think about different myths and legends. And um, you like to have that sense of wonder. I think that's one of the things I love about adventure fiction or the kinds of adventure fiction I love the most, have just a little bit of the supernatural or a little bit of myths and legends, a little bit of this could almost be true. And um, that, that makes it a lot of fun. And it's something that I try to capture in my own work. Most of my stuff has just a touch of the supernatural, kind of in the way that Indiana Jones would. Some of it is more science thriller, but the Dane Maddox stuff in particular definitely has a little bit of that uh, technology. And I actually use Atlanteans as the very loose backstory for the first several novels in that series. Spoiler alert. So on that note, as you alluded to, there are a whole lot of books, movies, things like that about Atlantis. Do we want to cover some of our top ones? Yeah. How about our top five list? And this is going to be something we're going to do in every episode. We're going to come up with our top five. Today's top five is uh, books about Atlantis. Uh, I'll go first. My number five pick. Uh, this book is, it was the first of a series about a war between uh, our world and uh, creatures from an other dimension. It was written, it, it's just called Atlantis, um, and then subsequent books, uh, I don't have the titles on top right in front of me, but uh, they, they all had Atlantis in the title. Uh, it was written by, uh, it was released by an author named Greg Donegan. That is a pen name for Bob Mayer, who also writes the Area 51 novels, and um, I believe he's got the rights to those books now and they're all uh republished and available on your 
any platform you choose. Uh, it's real. The, the Atlantis was a really strong entry point to the series. As it went on, it got a little little crazy. Um, but if you like the the heavy sci-fi interpretation of Atlantis, uh, I definitely recommend that. My number five is Atlantis by Bob Mayer, also Greg Donegan. How about you, number five? Number five, I decided to include some movies so that I could get a little more variety because I was afraid we would overlap with our favorite books. So I put number five, Aquaman. It's, um, as you said, it tells, you know, the story of Aquaman being, you know, becoming the king of Atlantis. And, you know, no Amber Heard jokes here. She is in the movie, but we'll ignore her. But it, it was just a fun movie. I'm not a huge Aquaman fan, but that one was pretty good. And it's an interesting take on Atlantis because most of what I like is the historical stuff and discovering the ancient world. But it's kind of fun to think that the Atlanteans are still around somewhere, either under the water or maybe even under the earth, perhaps. Well, I stuck to books just because there are so many books about Atlantis. And my number four pick is called Decipher by Stel Pavlou. Uh, Stell is mostly writes, I believe, a screenwriter. Uh, this is his only novel that I'm aware of. But it's it was really a great science fiction end of the world kind of novel. I mean, the world doesn't end, but it might. Uh, that's the the ticking clock of the thriller. And in uh, in it, it uh, has to do with a mysterious code that is received, and trying to figure out what the source is. They learned that the code was sent from Atlantis, and I believe it even tied into the end of the world in 2012, which either happened and we're living in the aftermath or it didn't happen. But it's a great book about uh, Atlantis myth uh, with the focus on Antarctica. Uh, what's your number four? Number four is Raising Atlantis by Thomas Grinius. And this kicked off a whole series of books with Atlantis as sort of the underpinning. But I think that in this case, it's been a while since I read it. It follows Conrad Yates and his partner, Serena Sergetti. And um, it begins with the discovery of Atlantis, an archaeological discovery, and that sets things off. And it becomes more of a thriller, like he's in Washington, D.C., finding codes and things like that. So it's got a little Atlantis and a little Da Vinci code, and it's a lot of fun. I didn't continue through the entire series, but I did read the first few back in the day, and I think it's a good series. So if it sounds like your kind of thing, give it a try. You might like all of them. That was also my number three. Uh, so okay. uh, maybe I need to jump to a movie real quick. I don't know. Now, I'm going to stick by that one because I've got some movies uh, in my honorable mention field. Uh, but I, I would just second what you said. Uh, that first book, which took place mostly in Antarctica, was a really tense uh, military thriller style book. Uh, in it, uh, Conrad Yates' father is the general and they want to, the military has plan got plans to exploit Atlantis and its unusual power source. As the series went on, yeah, it became a lot more like the Da Vinci Code, uh, but still kind of focused on the Atlantis myth. I would say they're only tangential, tangentially uh, related in, in that they share a theme and the characters. But uh, but I think definitely give those books a try. Uh, I'll, I'll just jump then into my number two, which is uh, from an author, a very prolific author, action author named Andy McDermott and his series of uh, uh, Nina Wilde and Eddie Chase uh, started off with Hunt for Atlantis. I believe the, the series is up to about 16 or 17 books now. And they are all just action packed. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just, I mean, these things, you can read them like watching a movie because if you've got even a little bit of visualization, uh, just the, the stunts and the action are just you know, out of control. Uh, so there's uh, other stories about Atlantis in the series, uh, but they don't all deal with Atlantis. They're archaeological thrillers. 
uh, looking for different um, relics and things. But the Atlantis theme does come back into it, at least in a couple more of the, the books later on. Okay, my number three was Cocoon. It's an old movie from the 80s. And it's not really about Atlantis so much as it's about some surviving Atlanteans trying to make it on the earth until the um, aliens come and get them. And it's, I just wanted to mention it because it's an old movie, but it's a good one and it doesn't get discussed a lot. And um, it's a fun movie that's related to Atlantis. And then my number two is Atlantis by David Gibbons. And this is part of his Jack Howard adventure series. Um, he is really a love him and, or hate him kind of author from what I've heard and from what I've read in his reviews. His books can be kind of dense with information there. Um, and when I read it the first time, he was presenting some things that I hadn't heard about in a lot of depth. He really explored the Minoan theory and had some really interesting locations. And so on that first read, it was a lot of fun, but it was a bit like in the um, Robert Langdon books where the book will be going on and then boom, we stop and do a flashback to Robert in the classroom so he can dump some information on you. And so they would do it in the form of presentations or long discussions and things like that. And that's where a lot of people felt like the story bogged down. I think it would probably not be an exciting reread, but I enjoyed it on the first read because I like the subject matter. You know, uh, I had not thought about Cocoon being uh, Atlantis related. I don't, that was, that was mentioned in the movie. I mean, I knew there were aliens, but it's been so long. Unless I totally misremembered, in which case everybody ignore my feedback. But I think it was. Well, go watch it anyway. It was supposed movie. to be Atlanteans. Yeah, it's still funny a great that movie. Uh, Wilford Brimley was probably about our age when he made that movie. I think he might have been so. younger. That's <laughs> great. Uh, so uh, that was I before had he had diabetes. There were so many uh, things to pick from, so that's why I chose to focus just on books. But I did want to give honorable mention to some video games that really do, I think, a great job of telling, of working Atlantis into the story. The first is uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which it's an old uh, 8-bit, I don't know if it's 8-bit, but it's an old computer game that uh, you can find playthroughs of it probably. You might even be able to find the game online. Um, it's not On great. On YouTube, people have yeah. turned it into a little film. You can yeah, find it's it not, there. It's, it's, not a, it's more of an adventure game where you have to make choices and put puzzles together. Uh, it's very little action, but the exploration of the story is really good. Uh, it talks a lot about the, the dialogues of Plato, uh, some of the thing, uh, elements that um, were present in the, the myth. And so I definitely recommend that, Just especially if you're an Indiana Jones fan. It's kind of nice to, to be a completist. Uh, another one uh, is the original Tomb Raider game, um, which the graphics obviously don't hold up that well. Uh, and I think, but the game was a lot of fun. And it dealt into the idea of these immortal uh, survivors from Atlantis now trying to put together an uh, artifact and uh, to take over the world, which, of course, is what any good adventure story needs. Um, I think I'll, I'll end my honorable mention there and uh, let you. Do you have any honor honorable mention things that didn't quite make the list? Yes, mine would be Raising Atlantis by Clive Cussler. Um, oh, Atlantis Found. Excuse me. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong notes as I was. Looking at one thing, say another. Atlantis found, and it explores, if I remember correctly, the Antarctic theme is um, a big part of it. And But, you know, it's typical dirt pit fare, and I liked it. I enjoyed the Atlantis stuff. The downside is that as Cussler goes along, his books get fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter, and 
that one is several hundred pages. So for some people, it, it was a little too slow and too much side stuff. But I remember it being pretty action-packed and a lot of fun. All right. I'm going to save my uh, my number one for last. So I want you to go first. on uh, What's your number one Atlantis book? Well, it or better movie. be Atlantis by David Wood. Well, that's what I chose too. <laughs> so tell us about Atlantis by David Wood. All right. This is part of the Dane Matic Adventures, and it is book six. I don't remember. Um, with this particular book, it's sort of the culmination of things I was building in the first several Dane Matic books, where in the early ones, they discover that certain crystals have weird physical powers. And we try to treat it as unexplained physics, things that science just can't explain yet, not necessarily magic. And we hint that there might be alien um, origin for some of it. But as we go along, we find out that it was origin or Atlantis reveals that these things that they've been finding in different places are from Atlantis. And I don't want to do any spoilers for the other books, but I even in an earlier book, we do King Arthur and I find a way to tie that in. And so this book was the culmination of the first several in the Matic Adventures. And first of all, it was fun because it revealed where these weird weapons and power sources were coming from. And it's about um, religious fascists. I mean, and this was years ago I started this, but basically people using the trappings of Christianity, just like the Nazis did back in the 20s and leading into the 30s, to um, gain power, to get people to rally behind them, and to get people to believe that they're really the good guys. And they use not only the trappings of religion, but if they can find religious artifacts that actually have some power, or any other ancient world artifacts, they'll use them. So we begin with the city being wiped off the map with a recently discovered Atlantean weapon, and it goes from there. And the fun part for me was I explored some of the other Atlantis places that people had theorized. For example, there is a place in Japan, a monument that they call it a monument. If you look underground, it looks like underwater pyramids. And it's actually really fascinating to look. And you would swear that it was created by human hands. Scientists say that, no, it's just the way these rocks break. It just looks remarkably like something that people would look at, but it's, or people would make, but it's a really cool place to check out. Also, Cuba. We'll have to do an episode area. about that. Yeah, for sure. There's another theory about Cuba. Uh, people might have heard of the Bimini Road, also in the Mediterranean, but people have theorized a Mediterranean origin for Atlantis. So I explored that as well. And the place I put it, I had not seen anyone else use it. And it doesn't fit in terms of being underwater. But in other ways, it's actually a really cool place. And I was very proud of the place I selected for the, um, the main central hub of Atlantean civilization. Of course, I postulated that it wasn't just one place in the Atlantic anyway, but there was a central civilization and that they spread out and impacted the world in different places. All right. Well, that wraps it up for our first episode about Atlantis. Uh, we are going to be doing this hopefully every week and we're gonna have a different adventure topic. Uh, next time up, we're hoping to take a look at the Uncharted video game franchise and maybe have a review of the Uncharted movie starring mm, Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Uh, if you want to uh, give us any feedback uh, on the episodes, uh, of course, we can you can leave it in the comments. You can also email me at info at seanellisauthor.com or email Dave at. Just drop by davidwoodweb.com and use the little form to send me a message. 
And as long Excellent. as we're on the subject of Atlantis, I want to give a shout out to my favorite putt-putt place. It's in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It used to simply be called Atlanticus. And I just looked to make sure it was still open. And now it's called Mount Atlanticus Minotaur Golf. But it's got really cool Atlantis themes. You can look it up online. It's got some, uh, it's just a really cool looking place, a fun place to play. They have a lot of different courses. And also they appropriated some Wheel of Time artwork, which is my all-time favorite fantasy series to use as Atlantean stuff. So you can, if you're also a Wheel of Time fan and you go there, you can look for those. But hey, if you're ever in Myrtle Beach and you like miniature golf, check out Mount Atlanticus. It's really cool. Great. And uh, Dave, you got a website for us? You mentioned davidwoodweb.com. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you can visit uh, my website, seanellisauthor.com, and see. Uh, I don't have a lot of new stuff going on, but uh, there's all my old stuff you can look at. And hopefully we'll be adding some stuff there. Any uh, new releases coming from you, Dave? Yes. Um, hopefully by the time this comes out, I will have a new novella out in the Dane Maddock Universe series. It's called Emerald Dragon takes place in Ireland, starts out as a murder mystery and turns into a Dane Manic adventure. And it's a bit crazy. And then you and I had a bit of good news. In the mail came a couple of our Bulgarian books that we awesome. wrote together. And um, I, I hear they're doing pretty well. The guy says he's satisfied with them. So yes, we are on the bookshelves and a big deal in Bulgaria. These are actually your copies. I just keep procrastinating on mailing them to you. I've got some Bulgarian friends who will be delighted to see that. Awesome. Well, that wraps it up for, uh, I think, episode one. Thanks for tuning in and watching, and we will see you next week. See you next time.